Okay, welcome to Cherry Beckert's next professional services podcast. I'm Scott Duda, an audit partner in the Raleigh office, and I also lead our professional services practice group. During this fall, I've been talking to clients about PPP, the pandemic, tax law changes. One theme that has come out has been the workforce of these professional services companies working remotely. When you think about professional services firms, oftentimes they don't have warehouses, they're not carrying inventory, we're not talking about real estate and construction. There is an opportunity for professional service firms, employees to work virtually, to work remotely. And how those location changes may impact state and international tax filings in 2021 has become a theme. And so with me today are three of our tax resources to discuss these issues. I'll ask each of them to introduce themselves and we'll start with our state and local tax expert, Dorita. Yes, hi, my name is Dorita Caldron and I am a state and local tax manager at Cherry Beckard, um, specializing in state income tax issues. Um, I've been with the, the state and local tax group for about seven years now and some of those services that are provided are, you know, researching state complex tax issues, state revenue sourcing, determining what state tax exposures you have, what remedies are available to minimize uh, penalties and exposure. Great, and now we'll transition to our international folks. Will? Thanks, Scott. Uh, This is Will Hooker. I'm a director with Cherry Beckert's International Tax Group. Uh, based in Atlanta, but serve clients throughout the firm's footprint. Uh, And I focus my practice primarily on consulting, uh, including issues like this. And and yes, we have seen an uptick in companies whose employees have uh, moved not just to different states, but to different countries. Great. Kirk? Thanks, Scott. And I work with Will in the International Tax Group, and I'm managing director in that group, although I specialize in transfer pricing. I'm also in the Atlanta office, but serve our clients throughout the Southeast region. And I've been doing transfer pricing for 25 plus years now. I use that 25 plus as well, Kirk. That's as far as I'm going. Uh, (laughs) I stopped there too. So Dorita, we'll start with you. How does having remote employees in different states impact companies, business, and state tax filings? Yes. So once you, um, we know now, you know, uh, with the whole COVID situation, there's been a lot of remote employees, um, employees working from home. Um, so this can have a, a very big impact on your state income tax filings, right? You have state income tax filings, state franchise tax filings, payroll withholding, and even sales tax filings. Um, so basically the way, you know, when you first, when you have a company, you have to determine, do I have nexus in the state? Do I have any state filing tax requirements to, you know, any filings required? So one of the things, um, to look at is physical presence. Um, and as you said, if there's the, there's services, you're not going to have inventory or, um, things like that, but do you have an office in the state? Do you have, um, a business in the state? and then you have an employee in the state. So having an employee in the state can create nexus for both for income tax, for sales tax, and can create, you know, payroll withholding required. Um, so due to COVID, you know, uh, a lot of states offered a grace period um, that you can, the employees can work remotely. 
Um, and this was offered since the states, you know, had an emergency, you know, they declared an emergency due to the pandemic. Right now, that pretty much has gone, the grace period of that. So what's happening is a lot of companies still have employees working from home remotely, right? Because we see happening. Um, so are, are the employees keeping track? Are you, you know, you keeping track? Where are my employees right now? You know, what are they actually doing in these states? Um, do I have to file in that state, right? So these are issues you want to consider. So let's say for sales tax. Sales tax, um, you have a physical presence. You have an employee. So that's that's nexus. Uh, services are generally non-taxable for sales tax, but that is something you should always review just because there is certain services that can be taxed in certain states. So you just don't want to say, oh, I only do services. Um, the company only does services, so it's all non-taxable. You, you, you always want to review that. Then you have payroll withholding. You have an employee. Where should I be withholding, right? Should I pay where, where the employee is? Um, and basically, generally, um, it, it's where their home state is, right? That's where you're gonna, the company has to register, withhold tax, and file the necessary forms, right? State unemployment tax and things like that. Um, but there can be some things happening. So let's say um, New York. New York right now has something called the convenience of employer rule. So basically, this is the basically it's saying that the employer has to withhold New York income tax from the wages for the employee if the reason the employee is working from home outside of the state is for the employee's own convenience. So this basically is saying an employee can be in Georgia, let's say, but they can be subject to withholding and maybe taxation in both states. Just because they're in Georgia doesn't mean um, they don't have to withhold in New York. So this is something you want to, you know, review. You, you always want to determine where, where are my employees? I think that's the most important question you always have to keep in mind. Um, the next one is income and franchise. You determined you had nexus. You have an employee in the state. What income tax returns do I need to file? Um, and then once you determine that, how should I, how should, how should, the sales be sourced to the state. Um, you're providing a service. So you want to, that's something to consider. Okay, I have to file a return. I have an employee there. I have to file a return. How do I source these revenues? How do I source the revenue? So again, these are all important issues you want to, you know, have, you know, discussions with. You want to, uh, you can reach out to us and, and we can assist you in any way. Um, but working remotely can create a lot of state income tax issues. And every state has their own laws, so it is important to review everything and, um, and get assistance in any way from us. So you raised a lot of issues there, and I, I just think about, um, you know, it was one thing when you were mailing a paper check, right? Uh -huh. Employees were much more concerned about making sure employers had their physical address than now when everything's wired into a bank account. Um, and so that's one of those things that like, maybe they don't think about. And then if employers don't think about asking the question, um, we've all heard the horror stories uh, about uh, employees, you know, in the virtual world working two jobs, full-time jobs, right? And not letting either employer know. Um, so like relying on the employee to tell you where they are physically may not be the best way to approach this. 
Um, and then when you think about the number of issues that you just raised, where an employee moving or relocating without letting you know can create, um, I see why so many of our, our clients are talking about it these days. Um, Will, we heard about the state issue. Um, I would assume that there are maybe some similarities between crossing state lines and crossing international lines and, and folks uh, re relocating internationally. Um, you know, when you think about the United States, either, either Canada or Mexico, but maybe somewhere else as well. Um, similar issues, maybe a little different. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Uh, yeah, certainly uh, some similar issues, you know, like Dorita mentioned, uh, each state within the United States has its own separate laws. Some are similar, some are different. When you cross border, you know, whether it's Canada, Mexico, I've seen a client have uh, one of their employees move to Australia, uh, unbeknownst to them until months later. Um, you know, each country, of course, is going to have rules that are even more different. Uh, and, and it really depends on, on which country we're talking about. Um, and, and before I get into another focus of the call is really what does the U.S. company need to think about here? It, it's worth pointing out just because I've seen uh, clients and their employees stumble on this. If you have a U.S. citizen employee move to another country, it's important that the company lets that person know just because you're not living in the U.S., you still need to file a U.S. tax return, a 1040. You still need to pay U.S. taxes, even if you pay income tax to that foreign country. There are a couple of ways to mitigate double taxation at the individual employee level. Uh, one is the foreign earned income exclusion, uh, and another is the foreign tax credit. Um, and then there's some other things to think about, again, at the employee level. And here there's some crossover with the employer. And that is social security, payroll, um, you know, and, and of course other countries have uh, rules that are different than ours with regard to social security. Um, and so that's a that's a whole another complicated area um, that you need to be aware of. Um, but back to the what I call the entity level uh, in this analysis, again, focusing on what does the US company need to think about? Um, again, it, it there's really no general catch-all for an employee moving to a foreign country. It really does depend on that country. You know, Canada has some very specific uh, payroll tax requirements for the for the U.S. company. Um, there could be some income tax exposure, uh, and and so you really need uh, to think about the country. Um, you know, we we can help guide you through some of the general considerations to really drill down. I always like to bring in a local country advisor, uh, someone say from Canada, from Mexico, or whichever country, and, and bring that person into the discussion to really drill down on the specifics. Um, another thing to think about is in the country in question, uh, are there any other employees currently in that country? You know, or is this the only person there? Uh, also, the employee we're talking about, is that a management level or a staff level? Uh, you know, is it someone who's managing the, the company from, say, Canada, or is it just a, you know, first or second year staff uh, who's doing more uh, routine type work? Uh, and, and the reason I raise those questions is those go heavily into the consideration of whether 
the U.S. company could have a taxable presence or what we call a permanent establishment in that foreign country. Um, and if you do, and again, that's a very facts and circumstances analysis, uh, if you do have a permanent establishment or PE uh, and, and you think you'll have that person there for an extended period of time, that's when it's time to start talking about should we set up an entity in the in that country, you know, essentially a foreign subsidiary um, or maybe even just a branch rep office type thing. Um, and once we get to that point, um, then it, it becomes, you know, it's not just the U.S. company, uh, but it's the U.S. company and they're either existing subsidiary or new subsidiary in that foreign country. And when we get to that point, we, we need to think about how do those two companies uh, interact? How do they account for the services provided by one on behalf of the other? And that really introduces uh, the importance of transfer pricing. And uh, and so with that, I, I, I'll stop here and, and bring in my colleague, Kirk Hesser, um, to talk about some of the transfer pricing considerations. So Kirk, um, I guess in general, just what high level are some things that that a U.S. company should think about, uh, you know, whether it's forming a new subsidiary or maybe already has a, a subsidiary uh, to, to make sure that it's dealing at arm's length? Sure. And uh, thanks, Will. And yeah, I think once you have that taxable presence in another country and it gets to that level where uh, we're talking about a subsidiary, with an employee that's performing activities on behalf of, um, in our example, let's say that's a U.S. company. Uh, one thing about um, most countries throughout the world is the rules around transfer pricing are somewhat similar. And how they are similar is they all really go by this arm's length principle idea. And that uh, really says that any transactions between related companies have to be done at arm's length or they have to execute these transactions as if they are independent parties. So continuing with our example, if we have someone that, for example, moved to Canada and it raises to the level of a subsidiary in Canada that has employees there that are performing services on behalf of the U.S. company, then those services have to be compensated by the U.S. company at arm's length. And typically you'll see something like a cost plus arrangement or something of that nature, particularly for more routine or back office services. Now, the, the amount of that cost plus has to be justified through some type of analysis and documented so that it meets the transfer pricing requirements both of Canada and the US. And we routinely help companies with that type of analysis and putting forth that documentation. And I will say that absent that documentation, um, you could be exposed to penalties and interest for not having that documentation if you are audited by the Canadian Revenue Authority or the IRS and you don't have that transfer pricing and documentation in place. And the reason for that you can probably see is that those intercompany transactions uh, directly uh, impact the amount of tax that is paid in this example in either Canada or the U.S. So you can see that both tax authorities are keenly interested in the amount of those intercompany transactions. 
And I'll turn it back over to you, Will, if there's anything left that you want to say on the international arena. Yeah, thanks, Kirk. I, I think that covers it. Um, you know, again, important to note, transfer pricing is not just a U.S. matter, but uh, foreign countries as well. Um, and again, just high level takeaway, I, I think, is, is just, you know, let, let's look at the particular facts and circumstances. There's really not a one size fits all here. Um, and, you know, if you have this situation come up, please don't hesitate to reach out. We would be more than happy to assist. Thanks, folks. Uh, great discussion. Um, I see why our clients are asking about this. Uh, I, I see why uh, they're concerned and, and why they want to address it before you're in. I also see why I'm an auditor and not a tax person, uh, the things that you all are dealing with. Um, as always, for those of you listening, we welcome your questions or feedback. Um, you can reach us. Our contact information should be wherever you accessed the, the podcast. And we look forward to being your guide forward. And thank you very much for joining us today.